a chipper afternoon, and judging by the looks of one of my guests, it was a phenomenal previous night. And uh, welcome back to the Hook Rocks. It's Jay Scott. Hope you're all doing well. Thanks for tuning in. We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, a great network of music-related podcasts. Check out the Hook Rocks and several other music-related podcasts on PantheonPodcast.com and on social media at Pantheon Pods, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, as well as the Hook Rocks and all three of those platforms. So just search up the Hook Rocks. Don't forget to search your or set your app, I should say, for automatic downloads so you get the latest episode right to your phone. We're approaching our four-year anniversary and we're approaching 500 episodes. So we've been busy for the last. Thank you very much. Um, we've had some great episodes recently. We just did the Rock and Pod recap where sat down with Tuck Smith, Leilani Kilgore, um craig gas the comedian courtney cronin dold and several other podcasters so that was a lot of fun uh we did a new music spotlight recently with south of eden we also talked with our audio expert skylab on vintage audio collecting check that out episode we had rick and dax nielsen from cheap trick on as well as richie Cotton from the winery dogs (laughs) and we've got two return guests to the hook rocks um and we're going to talk about their tour that starts tomorrow at the basement in Nashville. Great club that I've been to. Uh, I was in there in the fall. I saw True Villains there. Great Nashville band. Um, but I'd like to welcome Meta from the Dead Deads and Josh from the Black Moods. What's happening? What's going on? Josh, you look uh, you look rejuvenated. Yeah, this it's this. She made a delicious cocktail for breakfast. So. <laughs> Bring me back to life. Just uh, just a little hair of the dog yeah. that bit him, I think. Well, when we got here, what day before yesterday? We got in late, and uh, there was cocktails waiting for us when we got here. Okay, to get up and go to the studio, working on some new songs out here, which was nice. We never went to the studio the day before tour. You know, so uh, that was fun. That's got to be kind of inspiring. Yeah, it was. I mean, it came out really well, and the the studio is beautiful. You know, we had to see a lot of friends. They brought a lot of whiskey. Nice. And then here I am. Some great studios. When I was there in the fall, I went to Paul Moke's studio, the Smokestack, which was just incredible. Like all this vintage gear and his studio. I joked with him because, as you know, Snoop Dogg's got a joint roller on his payroll. And he's got a bunch of candles in his studio. And I asked him, I go, kind of like Snoop Dogg with the joint roller. Do you have a a candle lighter on your payroll? Because it it takes a long time to light and and, and blow out all those candles. But no, it's great looking studio. That vibe. Yeah, absolutely. You got to have the vibe. So whatever it takes, 100 joints, 100 candles. It's got to get it. A lot of candles, a lot of candles. So proof. 100 proof (laughs) if you're this guy. (laughs) <laughs> Your grain alcohol is pretty popular in the South, right? Uh, amongst some. Yeah. Just yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll stick with my processed purchased liquors. I think at this point, at this age, <laughs> I'll, experiment, well. I'll experiment with other things, yeah. <laughs> but not with homemade hooch. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was there in the fall and I became a bourbon lover on that trip. Um, I always kind of casually drank it, but I think that's pretty much all I drank in the four nights that I was there. Um, that's what you're supposed to do. It's fine. Tennessee. And uh, now everywhere I go, I drink, I get an old fashioned. So I don't know if I've, 
I've reached a certain age and you, it qualifies you as a, as a bourbon drinker. <laughs> yeah. If you're going in there ordering an old fashioned, you're a bourbon drinker. Yeah. 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 Fantastic drink. Class- um, have you yeah. had? No, like- I try to be a little classy. I try to. You think you like get, get the blowtorch out and do the rinds and all that kind of thing too? Like, have you seen that? No, I haven't seen that. Oh yeah. We went to Florida on tour and uh, they took us like this backwoods. It was like a forensic files episode. They're like, driving us back here. And then it was like some like vet place. And the guy, it was a bar. It was legit, but it was in the woods. You get eaten by crocodiles if you're not careful. But they had these two kids out there and they would get like a blowtorch and like wood and it was crazy. This sounds wonderful. It was. It was fantastic. <laughs> that sounds scary, but it was, we made it out. Good. No, that's an adventure. That's, that's good. That's, that's, that's tour, yeah. That's a good piece of a vision quest right there. There you go. Pretty like much it. every time I go on a trip without either my nephews or my son, it's pretty much bourbon and edibles the whole time. So it's it's a nice balance, right? You're just you're just um yeah, you're just refocusing. It's like kid time, the opposite <laughs> of kid time. I think that's pretty I think that's pretty standard dad stuff. Both good times, but good for different reasons, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. well, it's exciting to see both you guys on tour together. When this was announced about a month ago, um, I, it was a surprise. I, you know, I know the Dead Dad's released. We just found out today. So, yeah. 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 I woke up know. and she's like, oh, we're going on tour we're together. Going. What? <laughs> <laughs> how, how did this all come about? How did it all come about? destiny (laughs) i think uh both of our bands are one that is that our booking agents have a little bit of hard time categorizing like what where does this band fit like what's a good tour package for this band because we don't fit into neither band fits into like this exact genre i guess and so um when you're looking at bands to play together i think for us we're both looking for like a good good vibe uh you know just I know they have fans that are super fun. We have fans that are super fun. I think both fans of our bands are appreciators of different kinds of music. So I think when when our audiences get together, it's just going to be a big love fest. They're going to really, their fans will support us. Our fans will support them. But ultimately, it's three-piece rock bands. Yep. So it, it, I think it's going to work. And uh, we were, I think probably our management Put yeah. it together, but we had met, uh, at South by Southwest, like six, five or six, yeah. eight, ten. Well, I don't know how many years ago, but we had met before. And all I just remembered was that they melted the place. So I, when they brought them up, I was like, Oh, and mutual friends with a bunch of bands too, like Candlebox. We've yeah, played yeah. with a lot of the same bands. So it just felt like, Oh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. It could suck. <laughs> well, I saw you guys open up for Candlebox at the House of Blues here in Chicago, and that was a great show. And then, Josh, I've seen, you know, the Black Moods um, like three times now, I want to say. Um, saw them open up for the Dead Daisies, kind of the dead theme with the Black Moods. And uh, then out in Wisconsin a couple times, I think it was. Um, it was remember that one place we played with Royal Bliss? It was hot as hell and we were terribly hungover (laughs) again these boys you gotta look out for boy bands they just we don't learn they don't learn (laughs) yeah and and they like to i my favorite story with meeting the black moods was i was with my son who was 16 at the time 
And uh, Josh hands him a koozie and goes, this is for your beer. And, <laughs> you know, right then and there, I knew Josh was a kindred spirit. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I acted like, you know, as a father would, because I had to, you know, my son was in front of me, but I did think it was kind of hilarious. That's good. That's really good. He's going to college next year. So, wow. Um, so he can drink. He can drink. So he'll have his very first beer. Oh, yeah, that's right. His very first one. Yeah, He's wait, never done that before. So exciting. You turn yeah. 21 and get to have your very first alcohol. Yes. Oh, yes. Big day. Never mind the bottle caps I find in his bedroom. You know. Yeah. Oh, my God. When I was a kid, my dad found a trash bag of beer. I was probably 16. And he found a trash bag of beer bottles in the back of my, in the trunk of my car from, I guess, I had hosted a party. Um, when I think my grandparents were out of town and I was house sitting such a responsible kid. And of course I was, but the first thing is like all your friends go, wait, what? Yeah. So then it was just like a teen movie. Like all of a sudden there's a bunch of kids in my house. And so I had took a, I was momming the whole time. Like, Oh, give me that. Oh, thank you. Oh, I'm so great to have you all here. <laughs> and then like they all, you know, the next morning I'm just like cleaning the shit out of this, out of my grandparents' house put all the beer stuff in the trunk of my car. For some reason, my dad just opens my trunk. He'd never done that before. And it's just like overflowing with, with beer bottles and cans. And, and he just, he just turned and looked at me and goes, you know, better than this. You're smarter than this. And, uh, that just that one judgment from my father. I don't think I ever threw a party. He do like the cocaine commercial. Remember that he walks in. He's like, where did you learn to do this? And he's like, by watching you. My, no, my dad always says, I never had held a cigarette between these two fingers, never held a beer in this hand. And in my mind, as a smart ass kid, I was always like, oh, did you Please do swap. it the other yeah. way? <laughs> exactly. Well, Josh wrote a song called Junkie Excuses about uh, a wild party that's on the yeah. new album by the Black Moods. Yeah, you can say that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think it involved a car crashing into a house. Yeah, it was... Um, it was more like a, about, well, my mom came to visit me in, uh, I don't know where we were on tour, Arizona or something like that. And when she was gone, she let my sister stay at her house. And my sister's, she, she still thinks she's like 15 or 16, you know, so <laughs> she literally trashed my mom's house and wrecked her car while, while my, she was visiting me. While my mom was supposed to be hanging out with me, there was actually some kind of, we had a friend, it was like, a, my mom came to see me for a reason. And left my sister there to handle the household, who's an adult human being. <laughs> and when my mom got back, her car was totaled and her house was trashed. I know. Uh, sorry. I know. I mean, the love, I just, that's, that's, that's where that came from. Yeah. That, that is a story of legends, though. I mean, now it, in the moment, it doesn't seem like that, but like years from now, I mean, how many parties have you been to where a car has crashed into a house? Oh, it's funny you say that because if you've ever seen the history of the Eagles, that documentary on them, Joe, Joe Walsh says, um, it's like at the time when you're living your life, it seems like this train wreck and all this stuff. But looking back on it, it's like a finely crafted novel. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't seem it. like that at the time. <laughs> His story about him and John Belushi hanging out at some... Oh, they spray paint their pants? What's that? Were they spray paint their pants? No, where they changed the wallpaper in the hotel room. Uh, they put the what? wallpaper down in the hotel room and they rehung wallpaper while they were coked out for like a week. Oh, yeah. Well, the other one was uh, they went to go to this restaurant... <laughs> In Chicago, and uh, and they were wearing jeans, 
and they wouldn't let them in because they had jeans oh, they- on. So they go buy some spray paint and they spray paint their jeans <laughs> black and they get inside and sat down. But the, when they got up, the paint came off on the chairs. <laughs> walked backwards out of the restaurant. <laughs> ah, I love that stuff. Joe Walsh, every time he's interviewed, man, is a is an absolute treat. He's the only guy though in a band where the other guys in the band got him a chainsaw for his birthday <laughs> to encourage his behavior. <laughs> <laughs> well, the tour, yeah, like I said, the tour begins tomorrow night in the in the at the basement in Nashville. You guys are gonna be torn for it's a I think they keep go do you guys keep going after us? We're only on for two and a half weeks. Okay. We're until Kansas City. Yeah, that's the last. That's so it's the like last it's it's a little. Second. This runs is, is uh kind of short. It's like no, it's ends, short, but it's show show. It's show, all shows. Yeah. So seven shows in a row. That'll be the most the Dead Deads have ever done in a row. So wow. we'll, I'm excited to for the challenge. But to the point, that is why you can't be chugging yes. whiskey like this guy and then try to do a show the I next was day i'm gonna it. have to behave sipped it the okay whole time. he didn't chug he just sipped for a long time get it right i know i know i'm i'm in no place to judge you just gotta pace yourself you know i was hung over yesterday well was. I, you know i was hung over all day yesterday because it's just a thing i um i am a very reasonable drinker but if someone has very fancy expensive scotch or whiskey i'm going to ter- try it yeah. <laughs> and i'm going to and if they have four different kinds so i'm going to try all four so she's blaming her hangover on us no <laughs> i think you got a name of a song there called reasonable drinker i think you got a, i think you got a name of a song there called reasonable drinker reasonable hey, drinker we are in nashville we should write a country song <laughs> or i was saying hello cleveland we are reasonable drinker <laughs> are you adequately prepared to rock <laughs> so last year the dog yeah and then do the nazareth cover right yeah, yeah. there you go well no I, i'm excited about it with the basements of fun it's a kind yeah. of a small venue yeah. so i'm hoping we'll just melt some walls in there we will yeah no it's a cool place um you black moods released an album last year dead deads back in 2021 um as far as new music goes, you know, you mentioned you were in the studio yesterday, the Dead Deads. You've got, you know, had a change in your lineup with Daisy leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, what's on the front for new music? Is there going to be any new music this year? Or is there anything going to be released this year for either one of you guys? Yep. <laughs> um, we're writing right now. We are lucky enough to have Julia Lauren uh, playing bass for us. Uh, yeah, Daisy. It was funny. Uh, after the Darkness tour, Daisy kind of, uh, we'd been, we started writing for a new record and Daisy just one day just goes, y'all, I ain't got the juice. (laughs) (laughs) We were like, that darkness tour was super, super hard. It was, um, over 20,000 miles of driving. It was, it was a lot of winter driving. It was, um, a lot of super long overdrives, like 14 hour drives to, to, it was a really big tour and it really did, you know, for a baby band, which even though I'm not a baby and my band's been around nine years, I still feel like people yeah. put us in that category of, you know, baby band, like undiscovered band, whatever. 
So for a band that is at the financial level, we are to do a tour that big for that long under those conditions. It, I mean, it was brutal. Oh <laughs> so and it was fun and those guys are fantastic and we love them, but it was really hard. And it was, I mean, it was hard for them too. There was nights where Justin was just like, I don't know. I don't know, guys. I don't know if I can do this next day. We were all so tired, but, That's um, crazy though. I guess all that to say when she, uh, when we got back, she was like, I don't have the juice right now. And she had just gotten uh, a really big promotion at her job. So I was like, baby, you gave me nine years. What could I possibly say? But thank you. Yeah, awesome. So um we got uh Julia in and, and it's just a real blessing for writing because Julia is an extremely established writer here in Nashville. She's got a publishing deal. She's writing five days a week. So when she comes into rehearsal, it's just like, you, as soon as an instrument touches her hands, she's just already creating. And so it's been real fiery and fun. And we've got uh, on the tour, we'll be uh, playing a new song. And right now we're just shopping producers to decide, you know, um, Matt did our last, Matt Mahaffey did our last records and he's just had a, a film in Sundance. He's like really taking off um, doing score for features. So it's like, we really need to find somebody <laughs> that has more time for us. So yeah, we're just looking around. I hope we, I hope we release something really soon. What about you Me guys? Um, Any plans for that stuff you did? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm not sure what we're doing with that. I know we just went in the studio when we got off tour last year in October. We, we recut, uh, we went with Robbie Krieger from the doors. We went into his studio and did a uh, cool. roadhouse. We re-recorded roadhouse with him, uh, on the same gear that they recorded Roadhouse on 36 years ago. Wow. Coming out. Yeah. They shot a video. They came in and shot a video at the same time. And, uh, uh, it was, it was really great because we've toured with Robbie a couple times, like when he did the anniversary of the 50th anniversary of the doors or something like that. And his son was singing for him, uh, Waylon, who's awesome dude, but, uh, he got sick. And so I'm at the merch booth and, uh, Chico comes running up to me. He said, Hey, I need you to come backstage. I said, I'm, you know, working. Get the hell out of here. And he said, No, they, cause they asked him, uh, Waylon was sick and asked Chico, he's like, Can you sing a couple door songs? And uh-huh. he comes and gets me. And so I get up on stage and do a couple songs with Robbie and I wound up doing three nights in a row and we just hit it off. And then, uh, our manager arranged that. And so we went to LA to Robbie's studio, which was crazy because they have all their, they have like old drum cases and, with the doors and the gear that they used in 70, uh, that show in 69 at the, uh, the Hollywood bowl. So all this like gear that you would see at the rock and roll hall of fame, but we got to actually plug in and play the shit, you know? So, so rad. it was a trip. So that'll be coming out. I think that's first. And I think Gibson's going to do a, well, I know they sent us a SG that we all signed and Robbie signed. Um, oh, and Diamante. I don't know if you know who she is, but um, yes. she's great. Uh, she's singing on it as well. Cool. Fantastic. Yeah. So that's going to be the first thing. And then we're just working on a new record, you know, slowly but surely. I think we have, counting the three, we just did like 13 new songs or something like that. You're working with Johnny K again? No. Uh, well, we worked with, we went back and worked with Jim Coffin. We worked with him recently. We didn't last, <laughs> night before last. He used to come over and worked us over with the whiskey. It worked us real good. Good Lord. He came in with this whole kit. <laughs> He's like, you guys want to go to the bar or something? Or I've got this. And he opens this, like, I don't know, like a medicine kit. I said, like, I didn't even know he was coming over. I was like, all right, yeah, guys, I'm going to take it easy tonight. I got a big day tomorrow. Got tons of work to do. 
And then like, and then out of nowhere, this dude shows up at midnight with a, what? not this dude. Yeah. Johnny K. Johnny K. And he shows up with like this little tiny suitcase of expensive whiskeys and, and, uh, labeled all nice. Yeah. They're like hand labeled. And I was like, he was Vanna Whiting them to us. Yes, please. (laughs) You, you You know what that is, right? That's a professional. Yeah. He looked, it reminded me of the old days when a guy would come to your house and like saw your leg off or something like that. It, well, you know, in that 30s. He's like an 20s. apothecary. Yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, hey, hey. Like... Yeah. Wow. No, I. Um... I think some witches wart will help <laughs> with that. Here you are. Rub a little dirt on it. <laughs> he it's... put leeches on our legs, which yeah. was weird, but it was worth it because the leeches? whiskey. Was yeah, good. the whiskey. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> just drain the leeches back out. Drink the whiskey again. The leeches were drunk. They couldn't walk in. Vampires now, but in a straight line. Cool with that. Cool. We're <laughs> undead now, yeah. but hopefully that's fine. The undead deads. <laughs> oh, God. You know, going out on tour this year, I've heard from a lot of artists that it's it's been challenging booking places for whatever reason. Um, well, everybody's going out at once, you know. Yeah. Everybody's been held up, so it's yeah, it's. That's why we just kind of did this, you know, mm-hmm. we, we need to get out on the road. So these girls are nice enough to be nice to us and take us with them. Both bands are great live. I've had the pleasure of seeing both of them. And I look forward to seeing you guys at the forge and Joliet as you make up your way, you know, around Chicago. Um, I guess, is this going to be a, a cold headlining tour where you guys play equal sets? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've been talking about that. Um, I think we're going to kind of play it by ear. We both, we, yeah. we've catered our sets to be the same length, give or take. And so I think we're going to do it city by city. You can tell when you get somewhere kind of what that audience wants. So if they want a little more moods, that's good. If they want a little more deads, that's good. If they, uh, if they've booked 18 bands to open for us <laughs> locally, you'll get less of us. We'll just kind of. You We're know, gonna let her take the helm on that. She's yeah. she's gonna be the mom of the tour. I'm the I'm the wolf mother. So yeah, yeah we'll just kind of figure it out. But I think um we we both have headline sets planned and and uh we're sharing gear just so that it's my fantasy was that like what happens is like we just start encroaching the stage while they're playing and just continue hand, like yeah like just, just like stuff off just start handing stuff off mid song and then it's like and just now goes, we're in yeah, the other yeah. or vice versa but you know. We live in different cities, so we couldn't really plan that. But it's that's how cohesive we're hoping to make yeah. it feel. It's like that book that you read when you're a kid where you pull one and then the other page comes like slowly on. In yeah, the, you know, in the that's what we, I saw, um, I went to Maynard's 50th birthday party years ago out in LA and it was, um, failure tool or not, not tool, failure, perfect circle and, um, Pussifer and they, were they had drums on risers and so like as one band would be playing they would just like the drummer would be like being rolled away and another drummer would Whoa, be being rolled cool. in and then like another bass player would just start like walking out and that bass player would go away and they were basically playing each other oh, on and off stage cool. for their sets and i just thought yeah. like that is, a, that is that's that's, that's beautiful it, yeah. yeah it was so it so but we feel kind of that kind of camaraderie i think we're gonna we're going to, it'll be very playful. I think that people that are looking forward to the tour are going to get a little extra um, silliness and fun for sure. Cause we're excited to, to fuck with these guys basically and vice versa, I think. So <laughs> 
we'll see how it goes. We may be featuring, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being a little bit, a little bit more coke. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, when we went out with Candlebox by the end of tour, Kevin Murphy was playing drums for us. So it's oh, like, Martin. <laughs> What? Kevin oh, I said Murphy because my friend Kevin Murphy's a drummer. Kevin Martin, yeah. That's why I was like, I know Kevin. I was like, no, Kevin Murphy's the uh, the drummer of Tonic. <laughs> well, and Kevin Martin was uh, the drummer for Candlebox first. <laughs> yeah, so he was just like, I play drums. I oh play drums. And and uh, McQueen was like, present yourself. Oh uh, yeah, show me what you got. Drums. Yeah, was it good? It was good. Okay. Yeah, he's good. I think he's- my reaction when I saw the post that you guys are touring was like. Oh fuck yeah, that's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I, th- I think it's gonna be fun. We're gonna these guys are going down. We we joked about what should we call the tour because it's during March and you know we we were talking about oh it's March Madness, uh, March Radness, and and uh, and our band is very athletic. We love we love sports. We love so it's a little of an anomaly, I guess. But in fact, when we went with Candlebox, <laughs> there's this funny story where they had we had a big house that. Both bands were going to like, we had a day off, we we're going to cook and there was a lake and like they had rented a pontoon boat, but it was a Sunday. So football was on. So they're like, Hey ladies, we rented this boat. We're going to take you guys oh, out geez. on the water. And we're like, uh, we got to watch the game. The girls, <laughs> like, like, Sounds about right. we have to watch all this football. We can't leave. Oh my gosh. But, um, yeah, so we were, we were like, well, let's make it a fun, like this band versus that band, kind of like boys versus girls thing, which obviously we're the worst, you know, we we're, just, we're terrible. So girls always win. Obviously it's like, uh, it's yeah. like, it's like when, it's like when your best college team plays your, you know, like losers. No, 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 no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's cool. Cause our genres are totally different. So we're going to be giving, yeah. we're going to be giving the audience a, a nice rock spectrum. It's yeah. going to be fun. I've always, I'm always a fan of when bands do that, you know, when there's, when there's differences in the artists that you're seeing, because just adds extra element and X, you know, it makes it interesting. Um, you know, nothing, sure. nothing is to me more, I don't want I think boring is the wrong word, but you know, when you have bands that are very similar, um, you know, by the end of the night, you're kind of, okay, you know, kind of well, over. You get a little them. fatigued. Yeah, you get fatigued. But I think this kind of keeps the interest of the audience because you have one style, you have two different styles playing after after one another. And both are great bands. Both are, are great live. So it's exciting for a fan of both of you to to be seeing this. And then if you're not a fan or if you don't know the Black Moods yet, if you don't know the Dead Deads yet, um, they are both great. I've had the pleasure of seeing both of them, as I've been mentioning here in this conversation. Go check them out and stay for both sets. Don't be one of those fuddy duddies that just says, you know, stays for one and then we're not gonna let people do that. Yeah, we're going to lock the door. It's going to be gonna... very inclusive. We're going to make sure that the audience holds each other accountable. Like Deadcore, don't you let those All guys right. leave, and don't you let those guys leave, and yeah. we're going to all stick together. But uh, I, I will say, I really feel like the mood's complete. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
with Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. The rock and like what's missing from our music is what they do. And it's, it's gonna, you know, for, for fans of, for fans of like this intuitive, like, like rock and roll, you know, vibe, they're gonna get, they're gonna get the, the, there's, they're gonna get their nerdy mathiness over here. And then for when they want to release and actually listen to real rock and roll music, (laughs) they will come to us. And no, 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 it's not dumbing (laughs) down. It's like, it's, it's, it is. It is a yin and yang that I think is going to work yeah, it's going to be great. really well because it's, we're stoked. We're going to, we're going to be, yeah, it's going to be tension and release back and forth. It's going to be great. Well, right. I think what's cool about both bands is yes, there's differences musically, but in the way that you guys present yourselves um, with kind of like a tongue in cheek uh, type of type of perspective, that's very similar between both bands you know, with the, the videos that you shoot sometimes and, and the way, you know, you just present yourself as an act, as entertainment, as entertainers is, is very similar. The music is different, but the oh, there's tons yeah. of there's tons of overlap with us. And yeah. and it, it like, yes, our videos are so similar. It's stupid. Like when you watch Dead Dead's videos and Black Moon's videos, it's like, <laughs> we're doing this we're going for the same thing. Yeah. We're poking fun at ourselves for sure. Yeah. But then I mean, just also. The way we set up, we set up all together where we could almost touch each other. Like we're, we're setting up like the who, you know, we're, we're both three piece rock bands. Neither of us are on tracks. It's all like what you see on the stage is what's happening. So yep. it is, there's a lot of similarity. I think it's going to be nice. I know it's going to be nice. It is going to be nice. <laughs> the, the Black Moods video, The Youth is Wasted on the Young, is like the long last episode of Vice Principles. If you've ever so, seen it. Oh gosh. And I love that show. Yeah inspired at my challenge of the pigtails oh yeah that's what she challenged me to that's what yeah we're we're doing little bit video challenges to each other to promote the tour and uh i challenged him to 
do pigtails as fast as he off. could. A yeah. tail off <laughs> from that video because he had pigtails. Is that's when you had pigtails in yeah. there? <laughs> yeah, that was that was an interesting look for Josh. I gotta say, <laughs> I liked that. I got to. I was like, I had a crush on myself because I played the girl and the geek. <laughs> <laughs> you're like you're like Michael Shanker. When I interviewed Michael Shanker, I said, "You know, who's your biggest influence?" And he goes, "Me." <laughs> that sounds okay. about right. All right. <laughs> okay. Wow. I never heard that answer. Wasn't expecting that answer, and I got that answer. <laughs> Norris move. Right yeah. There. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, as far as the bands go, being at the level you're at right now, superstar. <laughs> Well, on the, I mean, emerging band, you can call yourselves emerging, oh, call yourself stars, yeah. you know, <laughs> an independent type of band, you know, whatever you want to call it. But do you feel the freedom that you have to do these kind of things, tour with each other, put out the music that you want to put out is indicative of where you're at as a band? And yes, I think a lot of artists always shoot for the highest mountain of success. But with that highest mountain of success, there's always sacrifice. There's always something that you have to give up. And a lot of times it's that artistic freedom. It's that inability to do what you want because you kind of become controlled by the industry at some point is where you're at in terms of just the way the way the bands are making music and creating. Does that aspect make you happy? And is that something that if a record deal, a management deal, a big management deal would come along, is that something that you don't want to sacrifice? What? <laughs> they said it's funny, like the first the first night the guys got here, we sat and talked about that of mm. just like what what can we be grateful for of where we're at and what can we be pissed as hell about? And um, you know, the Dead Deads have a new song uh that's called uh uh it's Reasonable called Drinker. It's called Prove It. Prove and it. and it's basically the the hook of it is like basically I'm the shit. How many times I gotta prove it? Mm. It's just like you, 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 um, when you've been around the block, like we have, and you know, we joke about like, if we had been signed when we were 17, we would be like on a legacy tour right now. Yeah. And so that's why we play with the bands we play with because they are our people, even if we didn't have our first round. So now to be looking for your first round at this point in the game, there's positive and negative to it. Like we've been at the table with a couple labels. And then when we saw, what they were going to take from us, it wasn't worth it. But then at the same time, we've had indie labels that have really taken care of us. And now we're alone at the moment. And it's a, it's a, not a fun place. It's a scary place. Like I want someone to, I want someone with money to see what we're doing and see the value of working outside of the box and not playing to rock radio and not playing to, not playing to the cookie cutter that AI can create. Like, I'm sorry, but the rock single right now can be created by a computer and I don't give a shit about it right. anymore. So it's like now I want to do something a computer couldn't do. And so do they. And so, yeah, there's a sadness to like the fact that no one's giving me money for that. But yeah. I guess <laughs> yeah. I think that's part of being an artist. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Yeah. There's there's no glory in being a starving artist. So, no, we're not proud of the fact that. Yeah. That we're not rich. <laughs> but, yeah. but probably probably not the word, but like you said, you know, in the place that you're at currently, you have a lot more freedom to well, do great what you want. that. For sure. But yeah. I mean freedom also like comes with uh freedom is no, there's a hefty fucking feet. There's a hefty fucking feet. But they, they uh <laughs> I love that. that's a great soundtrack. Uh 
Oh wait, in the background, yeah. <laughs> other people are singing along yeah, with George us. George in the shower singing along. If you don't pitch in your book of five, who will? Well, the answer is nobody. Yeah. And so right. it's funny, like you, you. The biggest issue, I think, and I'll, I can, I bet I can speak for both of us and say one of the biggest issues we have is when you're on big tours or you're on tour, people assume that you have been, a, that you're financially successful in this endeavor, and you're not. And so as soon as the word tour comes out, you're already in the hole. You're like, okay, so we make 15 grand on this tour and it's going to cost 18 to do it. So that's just, it's, it's so at this point in the game, we do it for the love of it. And because we have to, and because we don't know, we don't know what to do with ourselves if we're not doing it. So my brain is not my friend. So if I'm not moving and playing, (laughs) then it's up to no good. I think that's, you know, when you, as a fan and you see kind of like the, the band's touring, and especially in rock and roll, there, there's a bit of a distinction between the bands now than the bands of yesteryear, where record labels and, and had a vision where they don't have a vision anymore because they want a proven entity of a TikTok star with five million followers. Um, you have record deals, you have you know you had management deals in the past. Now it's 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 really because of the love, and not to say those artists that came before didn't love what they did but, but they loved all the money they got too they, I, I was just gonna say that they loved the money that they were getting and and sure you know when they were coming up and hungry they were they loved it but it's it really is more i think authentic with rock bands and rock artists these days because there is a a definitive true love for what you guys do and i think that comes oh, you wouldn't be out here doing what we're doing that's for sure yeah <laughs> see change too of like you you're starting to see that beauty like physical stuff it'll always be a part of it you're always going to grab every as human beings we're going to gravitate to the more most attractive thing we see but i think that there is a there's a sea change going on right now where it's not so much about the physical and the visual as it is about the sonic and the live show and you see that with a band like turnstile that's been doing it for years and years they're not on in-ears. They're not, they're literally playing everything you see happening and they're getting nominated for Grammys when they were, you know, they've been around kicking it, kicking it for years. And all of a sudden it's like people are like, Hey, you know what? I'm starting to care about authenticity again. And that's an right. authentic band. And so I think, you know, the, the trick, what I've always been told is just. The only way you lose, if you're if you're good and you're kind, the only way you lose is by quitting. So, I think we're good. we're just keeping we're just still trucking. Keep on trucking. <laughs> Open to all offers. <laughs> so, when you think of like the tracking and the AI and all the crap that's going on in the business now, um, let's go to the tracking part in live performances. I I come to the conclusion that it's become almost equal parts equal blame and i think that blame should be shared too with the audience because i think the audiences are starting to become more accepting of artificial tracks and back backing stuff and you know i i see there's this pop star who's playing live and she drops her mic but her voice is still going so yeah. it's kind of really interesting how that happened and then she picks up her mic and the crowd starts cheering like you just paid 200 some dollars for those tickets and she's not singing. And again, it, the audience is, has become more accepting of that, which I think 
is wrong. People ask, you know, I've seen the black, black moods three times. Well, why have you seen the black moods three times? Well, because every show is different. Right. And yeah, they're not, I mean, not every show is perfect. There's going to be mistakes. There's going to be stuff going on, but that's the great thing about a live performance is that organic type of feel to it. You know? <laughs> Lots of so many. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, like, but like, you know, you hear like Jimmy Page play live in Zeppelin. I mean, like every guitar well, yeah, player. Him and that, and the way they play live, it's, you know, he, he overdubs and makes all these records, but he, he takes all these guitar parts that he makes, com- he compiles during these records and finds the best out of all those and makes one guitar part when they play live. Yeah. I love that. Like that's the challenge of doing it is like getting that shit across because I like being in the studio. I like being able to play like that, but make, translating it live is where there's the money shot. That's where the, mm-hmm. you know, that's where the drug kicks in. And I, you know, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I get so heated about the whole tracks and seeing these kids, like anybody can get in their room and make a record nowadays. It's being able to execute it live uh, for me, anyways, but when you when you go to these shows and you see these people, like you said, they drop their mic and their voice keeps going, and the crowd cheers. It's like, what the shit is that? Yeah, you know, I'm not a fan of karaoke myself, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's fun to get drunk and watch people do it. So that's kind of the same thing for me. Yeah, there's a there's a time. I think there's a time for every kind of art. They're just different kinds of art, so you mm-hmm. can't compare one with the other. It's like it's like um, two different like oh, this fast food steak burrito isn't the same as this. $80 steak. It's like, it, it's just, they're both very enjoyable. And, and, um, not to say that, like, that electronic music is the Taco Bell. It could be the other way around. But, right. but I think, I think, um, there's a beauty in, in any kind of art. And I, I think that, you know, when people drop the mic, it could be because the point is they're dancing right now and their choreography is incredible or the show's incredible. And so people are just like there for the full experience. But, but we've come to a point where, you know, I, I can go on to chat GPT and ask it like, Hey, will you write me a song, um, in the style of breaking Benjamin about my grandmother passing away, but that's like sexy and it'll give you verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus out. So when we're in a place like that, you have to come, you just have to come as 311 would say, come original, you gotta come original. <laughs> All entertainers come original. So yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah. I think that's just where we're at right now is like, we can't compete with computers. We can't compete with, with the beautiful minds of the youth that are using all this technology to make incredible shit. All we can do is just do yeah, what we do. And there's a audience for that. And, uh, people want to hear real things in their face loud and that's what we're gonna do <laughs> well was it was it last year that capital Records signed an ai artist that great I, 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 had, I had to read the article like three times like but it doesn't ai the word artificial is part of that you know ai it's like it's not real like how is this being how is this happening and it's, i mean it's, it's it's a different kind of art. Yeah. It's not what we do. So we're not in competition with robots. No, I have no idea what's going on there. <laughs> yeah. But it, it just signals, it's, it, it kind of signals where, like I, I mentioned, like record labels have no vision. You know, like they go on TikTok to see a guy playing Eruption note for note. And there's talent to do that, to play Eruption note for note and to learn that. There is, there you can't discard talent, you know. But, but, but signing them to a record deal because they've got, so many followers on TikTok and then putting them in a room with writers to write music. It just, for me, 
it, you know, when I think of the dead dads and the black moods, it's authentic. You, you guys sit in a room, you write music, you create, you, you, you get inspired. It's not a program. And I think that beauty. It's, the same. it's just two, di- it's just two different things. Yeah. I mean, and it's whatever's trending too. It's like, it's like the, it's the cycle of everything. Just, uh, remember when they, uh, well, I don't, I, I'm a history guy. So like the Jacksons and the Osmonds, remember that was pretty much like the boy band era that came about whenever, you know, they had the NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. That was huge for a while. And then the rock came back in. It's just these cycles of things yeah. that kind of just, you know, everybody, I, I've been wearing bell bottoms since I was hit puberty. And now, and I couldn't find them anywhere. Now I look, everybody's wearing the fucking things, you know, mm-hmm. and they're easy to find now. And I'm trying to find them a different pair of pants. They're like, this is basically like in the Walmart women's section. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're $8. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I've been, I've been having to like, you know, mission impossible, those things for years. And now they're fucking everywhere, but it's just cycles. And I used to make fun of my dad when I saw old pictures of him wearing them when I was a kid. I remember that. I'm like, what are you wearing, dad? He's like, you wait, you wait. I sure as shit. Yeah. Comes back around. But yeah. It's, it's just well, kind of, you know, the, the frustration of you guys being independent artists and in creating and, you know, kind of like you mentioned at the beginning, Meta, about being a, an emerging band for nine years, but then seeing the other side of the industry where they're, you know, AI and people are getting sent on, on followers. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I imagine there'd be some frustration with that. I don't really feel frustrated about it because I don't want to feel like an old codger that's like angry about amazing new things happening. I just think like what I do, there's people that live and breathe by it and I'm, that's my tribe. So, you know, I, uh, I think AI is amazing. I was just at a composer conference and all the composers like AI is going to take our jobs. It's like, (laughs) well then be better. Yeah. You know, just, just, we always have to just be better than it, it's it, to me. Every challenge is just another challenge. So, and I don't know if labels lack vision. They need money. Yeah. So, it's not a label issue. It's a listener issue. If a listener's not going to learn what band it is they're actually even listening to and they have a playlist full of shit they listen to that they don't even know who the artists are and they don't care and they don't go buy their t-shirts, go buy their records, support them and they're just listening to them for free. It's an, it's a fan problem, not a label problem. The label is just catering to what the fans want and the fans want who gives a shit. Yeah. They just want background noise. So we're not for them. We're not for those people that want background noise. We're for the people that want live music. Face. Yeah. So you can't, I don't really fault a label. And I think I've talked to label people that get what we do. It's just, they're like, nobody, nobody's paying for that right now. So, okay. Well, they now, and that's, it's funny. Cause like there's a buzz now of where rock's coming back, you know, cause if you go through and reading these interviews, even from the sixties and Rolling Stone, it's constantly, uh, the thing is rock is dead. Rock is dead all through since rock started with when the Beatles came over here, that shit has been said over and over again. So whenever people say that, you're just like, yeah, just give it know. time. Let's come back around. Yeah. People are going to get sick of the same chord progression. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're going to get tired of it at some point. And, and then they'll have a car annoying voices like, instead. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be here to rock them to sleep when they're so tired. That's right. When they're tired of like <laughs> shit. <laughs> No, you are right. There is a cycle, you know, with anything, you know, whether it's fashion, music, any any type of style always comes back and in different variations, slightly different variations. But there's always a cycle to what you're doing um, as far as evolving. You know, you guys just recently put out new albums over the past couple of years. Um, 
when you look at your careers and look at where you started to where you're now, where is the biggest evolution for each band? <laughs> I don't know. Um, Better whiskey? Yeah, I guess so. I think we'll just... Uh... Our friends can afford better whiskey. That's for sure. No, I don't know. I think us, you know, we haven't toured since October. So we were just going, hopefully we've grown since then because we're a band that plays all the time. So with not playing shows, all of a sudden now, I don't know. It's, it's hopefully our growth is in that because we haven't been doing that. So I'm hoping that we'll see that in the shows because we haven't, We've been in the studio. We've been writing our brains out since October. And I've been in eight different studios in two different countries and four different states in the past month. Wow. So we're just going and going and going. Uh, So I'm I'm hoping. And I know, like, because we were talking about tracks earlier, too. This new stuff we're doing, I think, because we've always tried to play the tracks, but we fluctuate so much. Like I can tell, like, in the front row if they're grooving to the song or not, and I'll, I'll pick it up, you know, and Chico follows me. If I feel like if you're not, if you can't sit in the, can't rock out to it, you know, it's like, it's a rock show. You should be able to move to it. So sometimes the songs are on record a little slower and you push them because the energy is so click, uh, playing the tracks is kind of fucked us on, you know, we don't do that, but you know, we're not above trying that. So we'll see what happens, but we definitely have some new stuff that would hint, have hints of that. So hopefully that's some growth there too. Writing wise. You I love that. No, I think, I think tracks are rad. I just, uh, I, we've, tr- we've tried to do the same thing. And, um, and one thing I will say is that we had a really wonderful sound person, uh, Evan Stone that went out with us, ran lights and sound. And it, I do miss on this tour. We have no, we have no in-ear monitors. So it's very old school what we're doing on this run. Full on sports, professional athletes. <laughs> Going head to head. Yeah. So no, no, no gizmodry. So, uh, but I will say I do just miss Evan in my ear going thinkers and prayers on my four count. One, two, three, four. It's like, Uh, I'm more just leaned on that click of like, what song am I playing and how fast is it going to be? But, um, I don't, uh, the, the dead deads just evolve very naturally. I think, uh, one of my favorite, artists in our genre which would i guess be grunge is daniel johns from silver chair every time silver chair did a new record back in the day it was always um infuriatingly different than what they had done before and uh it's i feel like it's akin to back in the day like led zeppelin back back then it was like even if your first album didn't do that well the label could be like yeah. I believe in these guys. Like, there's yeah, something exactly. to this, so we're gonna keep making records and see where it goes. We just don't have that luxury now. It's like if you don't have three singles on your first album, you might not get a second one. And so everybody's just having to do the craft to make sure they get those three singles. So you lose the artistry. So for us, because we've never been on a major label, we've never had to do that. So it's just been like, this is what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Just whatever. Um, I think we take strides always to be weird to be authentic but i would say the evolution of the band is getting away from our accidental like active rock butt rock radio rock thing that just happened we're an alternative band like i don't know how this happened but we just bands that were radio rock bands were picking us up and taking us on tour and we are so grateful but it was just 
when we played with Candlebox and Seether, we felt a little more like, okay, these are bands that their fans actually understand what we're doing as opposed to playing with like some of the more cookie cutter, like radio rock bands where yeah, I know we start mean. growling or screaming or rapping or like playing reggae and people are like, check please. Right, yeah. They need that same kind of monotone <laughs> shit. Yeah. yeah. Our, our albums are very pridefully the songs sound different from each other. It's so funny you said that about. So we Chair. like that. I just listened to that frog stomp record on the way here. Did you really? That's I weird. That I know. That's yeah. very strange. Yeah. That dude, that dude has consistently his entire life put out very weird, interesting stuff. As far as, as you mentioned, Josh, like kind of getting away from playing live, how does that, you know, for both you guys that haven't played, you know, been on tour in a while, do you guys just go back to what you know? Or do you try something different or, or do you get energized differently when you're, when you're away from it? Uh, you know, it's always just like a shot in the arm when we go out there because we kind of work some different songs out and we, you know, we know we're going to be out uh, with the girls. So like, we're going to, we're going to make our set, you know, they're trying to bring it. We're trying to bring it. We, I mean, we, but it's always, we just go out there and when Chico count it, counts it off, it's like, go, you know, that's like, that's where the adrenaline kicks in and it's just, it's like nothing else, you know, so we never know what's going to happen. And we always kind of take it off. You know, we've got in our songs, we've got a little bit of breathing room when it, we can bring it down and Jordan, will, you know, we just kind of vibe it out every night. So that's why you've seen us three times because it's always a little different. Yeah. Well, Meta and Josh, it's been a pleasure talking with you guys. Um, can't wait to see the show here beginning of April outside of Chicago. Um, thanks again for doing this. Thanks for yeah. having us. The tickets are, I think there's not one show on the tour that's sold out yet. The venues are pretty big. So, um, if anybody wants tickets to any of the shows, our tour cities are on both of our Instagrams and website for sure. And then the tickets, um, we have a link on our Instagram to tickets and yours yeah. is on your website, right? Yep. So either way, blackmoods.com. Yep. Awesome. Well, I look forward to seeing you guys. Thanks again for doing this, everyone. That is Meta from the Dead Deads, and that's Josh from the Black Moods. I'm Jay Scott. This has been another episode of The Hook Rocks. Go get the tickets. Go see them live. I always harp on my listeners for going to see newer bands and supporting newer bands and buying their merch when you go to the show. Go do it. It's important. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We will talk soon. Thank you. Peace. Shit,
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.